Hi, everyone, and welcome to This is Leadership, a podcast dedicated to bringing you insightful conversations with leaders that inspire us to be better and to go further. I'm your host, Joël McLean, and I am very excited to have you here with us today. Now, let's get to today's episode and get our leadership on. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of This is Leadership, your intersection between growth and leadership. And we're continuing on the series. This is part two of the series uh, talking about the book, Disrupt the Status Quo. And I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Matthew Joseph here today, who is currently the Director of Evaluation, Supervision, Mentoring, and Hiring in Brockton Public Schools. And he is also the CEO of X Factor <laughs> EDU Consulting. I just like saying that, like X Factor yeah, EDU. Yeah, it's, it's pretty strong. I yeah, like Consulting it. and Publishing. So Matthew, thank you very much for making the time. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm psyched to be here and get a chance to, to meet you and, and expand you know, the reach of connecting with folks. You know, the, the book I did before this book was called The Power of Connections. And this is this is perfect. This is exactly what I am driven by in this profession is to meet inspiring individuals like you have a conversation and learn from that authentically. I think we need more of that in, in our fields for sure. I hear you. I love doing the same thing. And that's, you know, that's the, the number one reason for the podcast. So, you know, I've had, I've had a French language podcast for the past four years, but decided, you know what, it's time that, that I go uh, and, and be able to meet with my English speaking colleagues and oh, just expand. Go. Right. And that's what it is. And if we can actually take these conversations and be able to share them. Well, I'm sure, I, you know, I'm always convinced that there's somebody out there that's going to, you know, end up listening to an episode of a podcast and, and you know, end up helping them as well. So uh, absolutely. I share that all the time with individuals who are starting to come up and, and saying, do I want to write a blog? Do I want like if one person reads it and it makes a positive impact on either their lives or the lives of their students, it's worth the time. Like that's what we get in this field for. Right. Exactly. So listen, Matthew, how about you, uh, we'll start off with, uh, you know, so, so that our listeners can get to know you just a little bit more. So whatever you'd like to tell us about you, you know, sure. tell, us, tell us a little bit about you so we get to know you a little better. Yeah, I won't go into a full digital resume, but, um, <laughs> you know, I'm from Massachusetts. You know, okay. I'm chatting with you from just about 40 minutes west of Boston, Massachusetts. And for okay. those um, American football fans, I live the next town over from where the New England Patriots play of Foxborough. So I am a lifelong educator. Um, I was an elementary school teacher for about 10 years. And then uh, I quickly realized that I was not a great teacher. I was good. I wasn't mm -hmm. great. I liked mm -hmm. bigger picture thinking. I like to work with, um, you know, visioning and, and mission. So I went into being a principal and I was a principal yep. for 11 years. Um, and from there had an opportunity to lead a district um, to go one-to-one. -one. So I left being a, a building principal and went into the district leadership side yeah. and was a director of digital learning and had a chance to work with Apple and work with tech and learning leader and FETC. And then one of the things similar to what I share a lot in the book of Disrupt, we have these norms of what people think of you. And I was starting to be seen as the tech guy versus the tech leader. Mm. And I just, like I typically do, I'm like, screw it. I'm going to now just be a district director of yeah. curriculum and i moved into it i was executive director for teaching and learning and now i do work to support educators in their evaluations and instruction um so more of a district leader now yeah so a little similar to what i do now uh, you know i've been teaching since 97 i think we're, we're just about close when we started our career mm -hmm. in education i started back in 97 and 
and been a school principal since uh, since 2006. But for the last two years, I've also been a district uh, a district principal, coaching uh, you know the principals in our boards and whatnot, and organizing the PD and all the other stuff great. that yeah, we do in that kind of role. So I think it's it's a great portfolio to be able to come and and have that calling, right? So it's like you know there, there's something either bigger or like bigger picture thinking that you'd like to to put into place and and you know like to be able to put out there. So I know exactly where you're coming from because. I've had yeah. those similar feelings and those thoughts, you know, going through my my career in education, 11, uh, nine years in the classroom and then, you know, a school principal since 2006, but not just ending with, with the job, right? It's always expanding, always like meeting people like yourself and growing and learning and being Absolutely. able to bring that back to the system, right? Absolutely. And, and, and we get stuck in these kind of this happens, then this, you're a good teacher, then you're an assistant yeah. principal and you're, then you're a principal and then you're assistant superintendent and you're a superintendent. And that's not the, the pathway for most individuals. And it's not always what people want to do. Yeah. I, listen, I have my superintendent's license. You introduced me already. So, I, you know, people know I have my doctorate degree. I have no interest in being a superintendent. I want yeah. to do different things. And it's okay to do that. And I think the last, I don't know, five years in, in this space, that's one thing I've been really, you know, pounding the drum with, mm. with you know, that you can do something in this field that inspires you within whatever role it is. It doesn't have to have a title even if you are passionate about something. And as I, you know, I'm 51 years old, about mm -hmm. mid 40, I'm like, okay, I want to get other people's voices out there. And that's kind of where the district shift went into yeah. and, and working and in the, in the writing space and the publishing. And we can do that in our field. We just get locked in sometimes to pathways and roles. Yeah, but it's got to stem from passions and I 100% agree. You know, we spend so many hours at work. I can't even imagine going in every day and it not being my passion or not enjoying it or not getting laughs. You know, of course, there's some days that are tougher, but Absolutely. in general, well, to be able work. to go in, yeah, to be able to go in and just do what we love, you know, that's not even work. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy it. So, uh, you know, acting director evaluation, uh, supervision, mentoring and hiring in Brockton public schools. But I guess like because you also have, you know, the X factor EDU, right? Consulting. Yeah. So I, I, I got to say it again, the X factor. I love it. Yeah, I love it. So it, tell us a little bit about that. So what's that all about? So um, we'll go back like 10 years when I was when I was a principal, I had an opportunity to start doing. And this was before, you know, it sounds like funny to say, oh, it's before we started putting tech in schools. Well, it, it yeah. was, I'm, again, older and, but I had an opportunity to work with Apple to launch a one-to-one -one district like 17 years ago. And I was way too young to know any better. So a district was like, hey, can you do that in a school of mine? Yeah. And I was like, sure, let's do this. So I started to, you know, I was a principal way too soon, but I had the skill of having an educational leader in an ed tech background. Yeah. So I started to, we did that in our school and it, and it re went really well. So I had an opportunity to speak again, probably before I should have, but I had an opportunity to speak and was a little immature, but grew into the role. Right. And, and okay. I learned some things to do and not do. And along the way, what happened was I started to have these opportunities to, to speak nationally and I wanted to to capitalize on it, yeah. um, you know, district leadership side. So my middle name is Xavier. So I was like, Okay, for all of you who are looking to get into that space, don't do it as yourself, not because you don't want to be known as that, because I never wanted to leave the public school. So it was a conflict of interest for Matt Joseph to do it. Okay. So I started um, an LLC and I needed mm. a name and I'm like, okay, this is what it is. So I started <laughs> to do that 
um, and speak and travel. And I, and I had a blast. And then I met Brian Aspinall, one yep. of the Canadian mates from Codebreaker. Absolutely. And I published I published my second book with with Codebreaker, and we kind of hit it off. We had you know very similar pathways and similar drive to do things different. And I started to introduce him to some of my speaking friends from America. And he said, why don't we create an arm of Codebreaker for X Factor Publishing? So you do your speaking thing, but mm. now you start to bring in some individuals who have similar backgrounds as you. So yeah. about two years ago, he real was a real mentor to me to, to get the business side going. And similar to what I think he did, went from an individual entity of speaking and, and writing to bringing in a team of folks. And yeah. so X Factor Publishing launched with my first book, Stronger Together. And then we've been going you know, strong for over a year. And Codebreaker and X Factor partner really closely on a lot of things. Even today, Brian and I had a phone call with a yeah. prospective author and fit better with my team. And, and that's how we kind of roll with it. So that's where it came about from that passion of lifting others voices i've been i've been at this a while mm. and i've learned a lot and for those of you who read disrupt the status quo i've failed at a lot of things and, and got back up and, and it was time for me to share that with other individuals because in this space we get caught up too much in that you have to be perfect or and i did i did too like if yeah. you weren't always the the one who had all the knowledge then you didn't you you weren't in charge well that's not the, the fact and that's not the truth and that's the the lane that I want to take with X Factors. We take chances. We, you know, the our motto is be unapologetically you. And however you are, mm. then be the best you you can be. Mm. I think that's awesome. Similar path myself. Um, you know, following a uh, just an incredible experience that I was able to partake in. Uh, you know, for four years I was on on detachment or secondment to the Ministry of Education here in Ontario. And that's when I was able to, uh, you know, to travel all over the province of Ontario and, and, you know, outside of Ontario as well, but mainly just coaching school principals throughout the province. So that's where I, you know, I, I discovered, you know, that love, I think it was always there, but I never realized it, that love for leadership, leadership development. And, you know, my goal was do anything that I can to bring that kind of support to, you know, school principals, because it, I, in my opinion, we just didn't have it right. Whatever, right. whatever we could find, we found it on our own. And if, you know, we could always participate with some of the stuff that we had going, some PD stuff that we had going for teachers, but to really be able to bring in that, that coaching part of, of the job, not just a district leader, but let's get somebody in there, you know, that's, that's, that knows how to coach and, and is able to accompany these school principals throughout their journey of growth. Because, you know, like John Maxwell says, right, everything, you know, rises and falls on leadership. And that's 100% true. So, you know, ever since then, that's when I've, I've taken off myself. And, and that's my quest, right, is just add value. Awesome. And to be able to, especially when, it, you know, for the school principals and, 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 you know, leadership teams at that level, uh, to make, you know, I want to make sure that they'll have just as good and a, and a positive experience as I did, you know, to get that, the feeling that it gives me to know that I'm growing and to become better, you know, is what drives me. I want them to taste that because I know that if I can just get them to taste it, they're going to want it every day. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, sure. So I went through last question and we'll get into the book. So I, I went, sure. of course, I went through your website, I, you know, and I'm discovering you. So I had seen you on sure. social media before, but I had never really had the occasion or to, to really dive in and, and, and discover, you know, what you do and, 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 um, 
you know, with X Factor especially. So I'm discovering a lot of really, really cool stuff. So on your website, awesome. of course, I went and checked it out and I seen all those incredible books that that you wrote. And of course, the recurring theme that I've noticed is connection, right? So you wrote books about yeah. connections, about mentoring. And maybe, you know, the last question I can ask you before getting into the book is um, when when talking about or when considering connecting with other others, what is it that you look for? when connecting what's important to you so you know so the people that that are listening can really you know intentionally hone in on that and maybe be really intentional tomorrow morning when i go back into my building you know to look for these particular things that you're willing to share on connectivity sure absolutely and i and you know that was a big part of the drive to write power of connections because we see this all the time you go to events you go to these big things and you meet people and like hi how are you and then you yeah. leave and and that was it. And, it. and it always felt inauthentic to me. And it bothered me because when I wanted to meet somebody, I wanted to learn from them. I wanted to be better. I wanted to say, okay, here's what I can offer. And I've learned a lot from you in this short time. Like, why are yep. we not capitalizing on that? You yep. don't always have to be the center of attention. So the question was like, you asked about the connection. For me, it's authenticity. What are you going to bring? When you see me at an event, and this, this is what I look like. I have a golf shirt, a t-shirt, a baseball yep. hat, a backpack. Yep. And, and, and I love it because people are like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that. You're a doctorate of education or you wrote this. Like, <laughs> but this is who I am. Like, this is, this is me. And I think for those that you are, you know, as you said, go into work tomorrow, be who you are. Because what happens too often in our field, and I've seen this, I've experienced it as a young leader, is you go into a situation trying to be somebody else. I tried to play the part of a principal for a yeah. while yeah. and it didn't work out. So we go to these events and try to be somebody else. And like, I'm going to give this persona of whatever it is. And then you develop this partnership with other groups or a professional learning network. And it fizzles out because everybody's playing a part. Yeah. And I think that's where I have found the best connections is when I go to an event or I meet individuals. I was just in Austin last week. And it's like, this is who I am. This is what I want to learn. And here's what I can offer. And this week alone, I've made connections with individuals that I learned about STEM, which I'm not mm. well-versed in e-sports. E I'm not well-versed in it. And, and even to say that, like, it's okay to say that as long as you grow from it. So to answer your question is be who you are and be proud of that. Have that confidence to say, this is what I do. Here's what I can offer. We're really bad at this profession of owning our own successes. Mm. And I think it's a great segue into into getting into the book because you guys actually talk sure. a lot about that, about being yourself, but being able to have that courage, you know, to 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 speak your mind and and really to speak up when the time comes to speak up, especially if it's something you know that goes against your values or if you're not feeling comfortable, you know, how can I communicate this, of course, in a, in a positive and constructive way, but not be afraid to be able to to show you know the people you know who we are. And you're absolutely right, uh, Matthew. You know, when I first started. As a principal, of course, it, it was like when I started as a teacher, I, I was probably teaching like how I was taught, right? right. And then being a teacher, having had, uh, you know, X months of principals, well, some of that will 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 um will rub off, of course. And then, and then I'll think, well, this is how I got to do it until I really, until I realized quick enough, quickly enough in my first year that that just wasn't going to cut it right. And uh, I couldn't, I couldn't lead a school like somebody else did. I had to lead the school the way that I was going to lead it based on who I am. Yeah. And the first, you know, two years, I'll say of my, my principalship, it wasn't going great. And what bothered me the most, it, it wasn't that we weren't succeeding. 
it was that I was not succeeding trying to be like somebody else. Like yeah. my superintendent would say, because again, I was a little too young at that time looking back, but she would, she would tell me do this and say this and send this out. And I'm like, just doesn't feel like how I talk. It doesn't feel like my cadence. I'm a very verbal person. I'm a very visual person. I'm a very, you know, go visit classrooms. I'm not that behind the scenes manager and it wasn't going well. And that's what mm -hmm. I tell young leaders succeed and fail as you, it'll feel better when you succeed at something, when you're your own self. And if it doesn't go well and you're authentic, you at least know how to fix it. Yeah. When I when it, when I wasn't when our students weren't performing and I wasn't leading as somebody else, I didn't know how to correct it. I, yeah. I was tied yeah. to this superintendent <laughs> to go back to her and say, "Okay, this didn't work. What should I do next? Okay, this didn't work." I never had that confidence to succeed and fail as myself. And I think that could be another, you know, point about making connections is that you want to make authentic connections as yourself. Because Absolutely. then you feel confident with with who you are and you feel confident reaching out. And I think it just really brings you forward in your own profession. Absolutely. So, of course, we're talking about Disrupt the Status Quo. Here's the book for there the people that are looking. Absolutely. For the ones that are looking at uh, this video on YouTube, get out there, get, get the book. Amazon is available on other websites as well. Then. Uh, as we, as I will do uh, for the other uh, authors that I had as guests on the podcast, Matthew, I will link up all those. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll put all those links to for, for for the people to be able to find the book and and order it, of course. Uh, and all people need to do is go to the website inspireleadership.ca in the podcast section, and everybody everything will be there. So you got to get out awesome. there and get that book. So let's get right into it, Matthew. Sure. Uh, one of the first things, yeah, let's do it. So one of the first things that uh, that popped, I had many things that that popped up, you know, as as uh, super interesting. One of the first ones in in the introductory part of the book is you talked about, you know, how we need to be an expert in people, you know, yes. and maybe not an expert in you know subject matter and whatnot or processes or. But when it comes to leadership and when it comes to, you know, disrupting the status quo, we need to become, you know, uh, experts in people. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. And, and that's in reference to, you know, my introduction section talked a lot about being interviewed and how yeah. we would we often interview individuals by just the pedagogy or curriculum knowledge or background or skill. And what happens is in well-read individuals can repeat things that they've learned yeah but that doesn't mean they're still not you know a negative person or they're not a good colleague or they're good at, not a good partner i i think the there's things as as leaders that we can train or give training on i can train somebody on how to adapt curriculum i can't train someone on how not to be a jerk mm. like that's mm. it, it, and <laughs> You know, this this goes back to the first thing it said is succeed and fail as me. We were hiring people in my first two years who were from an Ivy League school, who had a great GPA, yeah. who could speak the language. Now, we obviously want intelligent folks, but I want someone who's going to say to me, why are you wearing a hat in an interview? Or is this a professional? Like, to push back. I want yeah. someone to challenge me in a professional way. I want to have professional conversations. I want someone to say, I'm a first-year teacher. Can you come teach a lesson and help me out? And... When we get those individuals, and this you know, is the heart of the Connections book, when we get those individuals who are driven, as you said earlier, and who are willing to learn, I'll take those at any day. The best teachers I hired, to be honest with you, when I was my first years as principal, and it saved my job, were second career 
teachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I mean by that is two of the best teachers I hired, one came from Fidelity Bank and one came from insurance company because they came in and, and had a work ethic of this is the job I'm going to do. And they were, they were, they had this different drive than the, the college kids who came in almost a little entitled, like, here's my curriculum course that I wrote in college. Mm. And when you get to know and invest in people, then there's an emotional attachment. And it's not about failing. It's about, I don't want to disappoint somebody. And we have a shared accountability. Yeah. And when you invest in people and you have a shared accountability, that's where the success is going to come in because you can withstand setbacks. When you have a shared accountability, you can withstand setbacks because mm. there's going to be some or more than some. Absolutely. And if, and if we pretend like there's not, and, and we don't have the, the grit and bandwidth to overcome it, we're, we're sunk. And I think that we have to take a look at some of those interview questions too, right? So I know in my, you know, in my district, we've been doing it this year uh, in regards to different positions, but it's, and we're also, you know, taking a look again at, at, you know, um, job descriptions, some of those positions hadn't been, it's not something we think about, but it hadn't been reviewed in, I don't know how long, you know, since, you know, since I've been here last year, it's, it's been many, many, many years and, Having been a principal and yourself as well, you know, I've sat on, I don't know how many interview panels where, you know, it's the same questions that you're asking, but it's, it's so typical. Like, and sometimes you'll get somebody that'll come into the interview, but they, they've interviewed already maybe five times before. So they, and they're getting the same questions. Absolutely. It's, it's unbelievable. So, you know, let's look at these questions and see, and see, you know, what kind of questions can we ask? to find out more about the person. And, and it, it makes me think about a little bit what, you know, some of the, one of the stories you, you were saying in the book about how you would bring, you know, some stuff to the interviews. And I thought that was super interesting. Yeah. It, but, because yeah. let's talk about what you're actually going to do. Yeah. Like, you know, the yeah. question, tell us about your background. Yeah. What makes a good lesson? How let's talk about when a parent sends you a nasty email, what are you going to do? Yeah. When a kid tips over a chair and how do you respond? Or how are you going to give positive affirmation to students who are doing what you ask yeah. them to do? Like, and, and, and because when you put them in those situations, it's what, how they respond. And, and even, you know, even today, one of the things you said is, you know, about, about questions. I don't want to know the questions. I want, I want to, I want to have a conversation. I want to talk, I want to fumble a few times because yeah. that's real. Yeah. And the more we can model being real, the more that, individuals starting in this profession see that's okay yeah it's, it's okay to, to to fumble through i've done countless interviews and podcasts and i'll f fumble through some more and and that's normal and when people are way too like scripted and like i need to know the five questions here's going to be my five answers yeah it's fake yeah. and yeah. and what it does is actually it's a detriment to the the younger generation of individuals coming in because they think you have to be perfect when, when, man, did I fumble a lot as a new teacher, as a, a new principal, as a veteran principal. And that was a big, you know, a, a big heartbeat of this book is to say, it's not about being perfect. It's about not stop stopping to try and grow. Mm -hmm. And I think that that element of people, and, and this is in my experience as, as a school leader throughout the years, I've seen people, you know, getting, being burnt out more because they're trying to be perfect versus they're being themselves, but maybe making even more mistakes. 
You know, it's so much pressure to, 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 to put on your shoulders to try to be perfect and have that perfect lesson. And, and, and it's just, it's bad. You know, I think it's all around bad just, just for, right. for the individual, not only for your practice, what you're, what you're putting out to, to your students in front of, you, you know, what message are you telling them? You know, I agree. They, they see you, they observe, you know, we know the kids see everything and they feel everything. So they'll see it. So they're going to get that same impression. And then at the same time, they, they'll see somebody that's tired, that's at their wits end, that, that doesn't have any more patience because they're never getting that satisfaction of, of that perfection. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. That's, I think that's, it's crazy. And I think it's a question we need to ask. So what, and it'd be a great interview question too. Yeah. You know, I agree. if you're feeling, if you're feeling like you're at the end of your rope and you're feeling burnt out, what are you, you going to do? Yeah. What questions and, are you going to ask yourself? What that would be an awesome interview question. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. I'm totally edgy borrowing that. I'm. I'm, I'm going to use that. <laughs> that's awesome. So okay. So I think that's 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 great. Um, now another another piece. I think it was in the introduction as well that I I found really interesting was the whole concept <laughs> of toxic positivity. Yes. I thought that was interesting because, you know, we have a tendency, of course, of when we, when we think about toxic environments and cultures and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, we think of that, but I'm like, yeah, you know what? We, we also have toxic positivity and that can, and that can be tricky. Absolutely. Because what it happens is, is, oh, you're great. Your, your session was great. That lesson was great. Your clothes are great. This is great. When somebody then gives you constructive feedback, you don't have the stamina to take it if yeah. i've been told that you know i do conferences or, or, or whatever and i and, and 10 of them all like my cheerleaders are there and they say how great they are and then when someone gives me feedback it's like whoa i don't know how to handle this uh, whoa they hate me or as a teacher if you're told yeah. how great your lessons are every day and then your administrator changes and someone comes in and yeah. says okay you know let's try this or let's try that Oh, I don't like the new guy. No, nope. <laughs> no, I don't like that. I'm not yeah, going to listen yeah. to that feedback. Yeah. So it's not about being toxic. It's about we're skewing reality when everything's great. That's not, that's not reality. We, you know, I, I, I think I've learned that along the line. I know you're going to interview, or I think you might've interviewed Daphne already. She edited, yeah. you know, my book and edited this book and, and you got to take some hard feedback and, and it, and yeah, I've learned that c- coming up. And I always say that, like, I'm a big boy. Tell me because I'd rather know. Mm. And I think the toxic positivity creates a culture in a school where when things don't go your way, if you think everything's always great, you can't come back from that. Yeah. Listen, I'm a positive person. I yep. think, you know, in a short time, I think you can get a sense of my personality Absolutely. and attitude. I'm not saying be negative. I'm just saying be authentic because when someone says to me, like, oh, that's a great job. It's like, you weren't even in there. How did how do you know I did a great job? Like, <laughs> I, I want someone to tell me that that it, it went well because of what? Or the next time, try this. And it's mm-hmm. like that that means more to me to develop school culture and in, in an individual individual's confidence than just complimenting them all the time. Yeah. And we want to bring that to our students as well, right? Like when we talk 100%, about giving, same with the kids, the yeah. 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 So to have that grit to, to overcome some, some tough times and, and, you know, we'll, we'll see it. And the, you know, the area or the time that I'll see it the most or that I'll hear about it is our graduating students. You know, they, they leave for post-secondary and then some of them end up just hitting this huge brick wall because 
throughout, you know, throughout maybe high school, they maybe didn't have the opportunity to, to have some of the teachers that were able to give more of that, you know, constructive feedback. And, you know, I, I was always, you know, you know, the student might've always been belting out nineties and 95s, of course, going back to marks. So right. then when you get to, like you were saying, it, it could be another teacher, but if you, when you get into another setting, when like post-secondary, and then you get somebody that says, hold, hold on a second, did you think of this or this or that? And then they just run into a wall, right? Because not only are they questioning the whole thing, right? They're questioning themselves, they're questioning their learning, but they haven't actually developed that that uh, not coping mechanism, but the competencies and the skills to be able to take that feedback and then to know what to do with it. Right. And that's where it's, you know, turns into a toxic community where yeah. a group of teachers get together that are like, oh, he gave me this negative feedback. He's criticizing me. And then it turns into us versus them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's about we all want to get better. And I think that's part of the disrupt part that you're talking about is that it's not it, it's about growth as a team, all of us getting better and having those hard conversations. I call them professional conversations. It's OK to have them. We have to have them. It's not there's a difference between criticizing and critical feedback. Absolutely. And I know that I've been living it. I'm in a new school district now. It's my second year as a district principal. And, um, and you know, they've got some fantastic, uh, you know, uh, uh, processes in place with the team, the way the teams work and, and everything, everything's based on, uh, you know, Pat Lencioni's work, which is fantastic work when it comes to building teams and, you know, having and building those, those, uh, those environments where you can have those kinds of conversations you know, telling each other, you know, the the real stuff, but you know, without taking it personally, right? And Absolutely. just just the different uh, environments that I've that I've had the opportunity to work in, uh, it's it's wow! It's just the 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 positives and that accountability and the bar when you're in a, when you're able to work or and develop a work environment in which you know, we're able to, to talk to each other like that and able to push each other and able to, to tell, tell each other those things. And, you know, we have confidence and we're confident in ourselves. We're able to be ourselves, but we're able to speak to each other to make sure that we're accountable. The bar is just at such a different level. It's just unbelievable. And the things that we can accomplish, there's no limit. I, I, I agree. Fully agree with that. Yeah. So I think that's great. And uh, Matt, now you also talked about a little bit further on uh, in the next chapters, um, you touched a little bit on delegation. They had talked about, you know, how at some point, I think we all realize we can't do everything ourselves. So, man, that's hard to let go of that control. Eh? You know, like, you know, if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself. And we've learned, right. we've heard that so many times. So you talked a little bit about it. So, you know, what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I learned early on that, you know, one of my biggest regrets, to be honest with you, is in, in when I was a, was a principal in my in my first role, we uh, my first I took over a, a school that was underperforming. And for you know, lack of a better word, we, we were scoring about 65 percent of our kids passing our okay. state test. Okay. And by the end, we were close to 90 passing. And we, we were this was going great. Like things were wonderful. I got, you know accolades for it i got a big job following it and a year later or the school i left went back to underperforming okay and i quickly realized it wasn't because i was such a great leader it's because i was doing everything mm. i was i was working 17 hour days i was yeah. helping classrooms i was helping kids i was tutoring i was doing everything 
but I didn't empower one person. Mm. I, I, they, they got swept up in the Matt Joseph show and my enthusiasm <laughs> was contagious and people were yeah. driven and people worked hard, but I didn't create any systems. There was nothing that stayed in place that supported students long-term. If someone wasn't running around with their head on, hair on fire to, to fix everything. So I learned in my, my next role of being a leader of, and part of why I give back blocks, that's still a, a, you know, a regret of mine that that happened for those students in that community. I mean, they didn't fall off the map. They're still doing well, but it did, they didn't yeah. sustain it because I didn't empower individuals. So delegating for me and what I wrote in, in, in the book was that it wasn't until I got out of the way and let the teachers have a voice. Yeah. It was in the voice section. And they just had better ideas than I did. And, it, and it, I just had to let it roll. And the delegation isn't about giving up all the control. I, I stated, this is what I wanted to happen. I wanted teachers, you know, going back to the connections thing, I wanted teachers in other teachers' classrooms. Yeah. I had a way I wanted it done. They were like, we don't like that way. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> as long as we can have, I had to like prioritize. Was it more important that it was my way? Or was it more important that we got the initiative off the ground? And yeah. for me, my big goal was to have teachers in each other's classroom. I had to swallow the fact that it wasn't going to look, wasn't going to sound, wasn't going to be named, but I wanted to. And it wasn't until I stepped back and then I saw what the, the end goal was. And I'm like, that's way better now, way yeah. better than yeah. I could have done. And the teachers had ownership. So the, I learned that really fast that when you delegate, it creates ownership. And then the teachers ran with it and, and it was awesome. And I think that the, the biggest piece of the delegation is giving ownership and accountability to other individuals. Going back to one of the first things I said about mm. shared accountability, then we have a shared stake in this together. And that's where the real success is. And I learned through through experience, you know, that delegation, that shared leadership is an extremely powerful piece because you know, when you you speak about ownership and what ownership gives you is the drive, right? Because especially if a teacher, you know, wants to do it or comes up to you and says, listen, I got this idea and this is how I would like or is interested, you know, chances are they might even be more passionate about it than you are and end Absolutely. up, you know, producing something that's that's way beyond even what you had imagined. Yeah, it was way better. I, I yeah. can admit that. I wrote it. Like I put it in print. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that. Oh, yeah. And we have to be, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, so that's, I think that's a really, really important uh, point to consider. So for everybody that's listening, you know, delegation is, is great. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, pawning off your responsibilities. That's not what it is at all. And you it know, it's and, a, a team is, weakness. that's right. It's not a weakness piece, right? It's, it, it's really an empowering piece. Like you said, you're empowering others to be able to have that, that leadership opportunity and every, you know, everyone can be a leader, but sometimes, you know, we need to be, we all need, not sometimes all the time, we all need to be pushed and we all need to be challenged. We mm -hmm. all need to be put in at, at some point, you know, outside our comfort zone. So, you know, I, I see it as opportunities, shared leadership opportunities to provide, you know, staff members and team members, you know, those occasions to be able to, you know, not only shine, but to grow. I and shine too, because, you know, celebrating yeah, success is important too, right? A hundred percent. I agree with you. Yeah. So, and reading a little bit further, um, something else, obviously something else, you know, jumped, jumped to my eyes, which I thought was really, uh, really interesting and, and worth talking about because it could be a, a potential pitfall. Uh, you talked a little bit about fake positivity. Yes. 
Yeah. So I thought that was really uh, interesting when talking about toxicity. Um, sorry, toxicity. Yeah, I said yeah, that right. Toxicity. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so Matt, can you tell us a little bit about what you meant by you know that fake positivity? Yeah, I think when we get caught up in this, you know, everything has to be joyous. If we're we're always happy and we're, we don't have bad days. Yeah. And it goes to the same thing as if we're not authentic. Like there's some Mondays I just roll in. I'm like, I don't want to be here today. I'm tired. I, and I'm not saying I'm not coming to work. I'm not saying I'm not going to give my best. But we have to be honest with each other. And there's some days you have yeah. to have that you know, colleague and you're just like, hey, I need five minutes. Can you just you know, chat with me for five minutes? And when we are po- like, again, I'm a positive person. I'm not mm. trying to say we shouldn't be positive. But when it's when it's positive at the expense of skewing reality, that's dangerous for our students. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, some of the the stress comes in or the we have to perform. uh, We have to be on all the time that if we can't talk about sometimes that we overcame something, Hmm. then when students feel that they're not happy or they're not at their best they'll never tell you ever and then they're like i'm great i'm great i'm great but they're not and until you you know same with staff how are you doing today i'm great and then they're like crying because they just had a rough night like i want to know that and and i want to support you and i want to teach your class and you you take a walk whatever you need i can't support you if if i give off the aura that if you're not always in a good mood then you don't belong here. And, and it's, and I think it's a little bit of a pressure too, because we, maybe we feel like we need to be that for others as well. Yeah. And we have to be always be on. And we always have to say we shine, we're going to put, you know, glitter everywhere. And, and trust me, I was an elementary teacher and principal. I'm all yeah. into the tchotchkes. Absolutely. And and, <laughs> but at the same point, I'm also into the, like, I need five minutes to have a, a hard conversation. I had an argument with my son before I left for work yeah. and, and I'm really upset about it. Like that, that's life. And we work in the human service business yeah, and we work with people all the time. And if we can't be honest and we can't open up, listen, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to promote you. I'm going to be your biggest champion. Um, but I'm not going to say it's positive all the time. Our goal is to be positive all the time. And to get there, we have to have authentic conversations. I like that. I think it's really important. You, you know, you you got me to thinking um, just a few a few moments ago. You talked about you know being positive is good, but being always positive is not maybe what the person needs, right? So if somebody's coming in and like you said, they've had a bad day, they've had an argument with their son or their daughter or, yeah. or whatever it is, maybe they don't need that person saying, "Hey, how's it going?" And you right. know, maybe they just need more of a of an empathetic, sympathetic ear where it's not, you know, at a level 10 in terms of, of energy. <laughs> right. Take it down a notch. Take it down. You're you're still giving it out, but I think you're just transforming it and giving it out a different way. I agree. Yeah. Right. Sure. So I think that's really important. And I think it comes back to that piece of we talked a little bit earlier about wanting to be perfect. I yeah, think it comes and we see yeah. it all over the place on social media as well, you know, and it's great, you know, people posting, you know, classroom pictures and all these great things that are going on. But sometimes if we don't know how to, how to, um, if we don't know how to interpret that information that's on social media, for example, you could give that impression, especially for a new teacher, um, that 
oh, okay, so this is how it's supposed to be. You know, I got to mm-hmm. do all this stuff in these boards and these lights and this show and every day. And we can give that impression, you know, if we're just solely basing ourselves on the information that are coming through, that's coming through in social media. Absolutely. And I think it just gives a real lens to to the work that we do. Yeah. So, you know, for the people listening, make sure that you find your somebody in the school that you, you're able to have those conversations with. And I think it's really important. But as uh, as the old saying says, make sure that you surround yourself with the right people. So if I am Absolutely. going to somebody that I need, you know, that I need to lend their ear or, or that person needs to lend their ear for me, I have to make sure that it's somebody that's going to be objective, that's going to be empathetic. Like we said before, somebody that's going to be going to still be able to support me, but also, you know, tell me how it is when it's when it's time for me to hear it so as true. well. You so know what true. I'm saying? So, listen, Matt, it's been a fantastic conversation. Well, thanks I got for a, having a, me. I've I've got I've got two questions left for you. Okay. And this first question here, uh, like you said, I did uh, I did record the episode with Daphne, so that was fantastic. And the one question that I like to ask that I, that I will ask, and I'm going to ask you all the authors of the book is the title. So disrupt the status quo. What does yes. that mean for you? Uh, what it means for me is we have to break the norm of the way we always did it. If we're always saying this is the way we always done it and we don't question it, then we have to do things different. And, and one of the way, things I always say to, to leaders that I work with, if you were to start over, yeah. your school, your district, would you do it exactly the way you're doing it right now? And if the answer is no, then why are you doing it that way now? Yeah. If you're running meetings or you want to do something, try something different and it's okay. It's okay to do that. Absolutely. I think that's great, Matt. So listen, if, uh, if uh, somebody would like to get a hold of you, what would be the best way to do that? Uh, well, I could, again, rattle off these all sorts of things, but I think the, the 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 hub that you'll find the most information is either follow me on Twitter at Matthew X Joseph. You'll find a lot of links there. Or if you go to my website at xfactor.link, um, you'll be able to find resources, articles, um, information um, for sure. So I think those two would be the 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 hub to get there. Awesome. So I will link those up in the show notes. So, uh, you know, for the people that are listening to this episode or watching it on YouTube, head on over to inspireleadership.ca in the podcast section. Matthew will have his own page with a nice picture of all him right. and all Let's the links. It. So it's, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> It'll be there and we'll put in, we'll link in the book, of course, and your website. So we'll get all those goodies in uh, for that. So listen, awesome. Matthew, um, I said two questions, but really it's three because I just asked you where how we can reach you. So last yep. question for uh, for the people that are listening today, what would be your one wish for them? Um, well, my one wish was that tomorrow you make somebody smile, that you do something that makes somebody's day tomorrow. And I think if you do that, not only are you going to support the other person in their day, you're going to feel better about you've accomplished something. It's not about you. It's about how you're going to make others feel. And through that, that shared leadership and shared accountability is we're all going to get better. That's beautiful. 100% agree with that. So often, you know, I'll come into work and I didn't have a good morning or I'm in, I'm, I'm in a bad mood and 
you know, that positivity that I was able to put out always comes back. So it, you end up helping yourself, you, you know, you think Absolutely. you're helping others, but it just ends up coming right back. So I think that's a, that's great, Matthew. Thank you very for much. For sure. Awesome. So listen, well, it's been, for having me. well, thank you for being here. It was great meeting you and discovering you. you. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to, 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 you know, to keep in touch and uh, maybe uh, get you on a podcast again someday. So that would be great. You got my but number I, now. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I got your number. So really appreciate you uh, spending this time with me today. And uh, right, listen, I, I hope you have a, a great uh, school year and we'll be talking soon. Sounds good. Hi there, it's Joel. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and that you were able to find many useful takeaways. Adding value to others is one of the most important actions a leader can take. So please share this episode with your friends and colleagues and on social media. Let's reach out to as many people as we can. Want to connect with me? Well, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can visit my website, inspireleadership.ca. If you'd rather send me an email, my address is joel, that's J-O-E-L, at inspireleadership.ca. Take care, everybody. And now, go get your leadership on.